listening to the World Watch Weekly Podcast by Open Doors Canada. The goal of this podcast is to help you pray for your persecuted family. Since 1955, when Brother Andrew went behind the Iron Curtain for the first time, Open Doors has been strengthening Christians where faith costs the most. For more information about Open Doors Canada or the World Watch List, you can visit our website at opendoorscanada.org. Enjoy today's episode. Hi, welcome back to the World Watch Weekly Podcast. Jared here with Nicolette. We're glad to have you back with us for another episode in our series on different categories or spheres of persecution and what that looks like around the world. Really quick, wanted to remind you if you're listening from British Columbia that Open Doors is going to be touring British Columbia in June. So just, uh, just a few days here from when you're listening to this. We're going to be in uh, Langley, Kelowna and Burnaby doing our Night with the Persecuted Church event. So you can come out and learn about what persecution looks like around the world and how you can be praying. Persecutedchurch.ca is the place to go. It's got all the events listed, all the contact information for how to get there. If you're from a church and you want Open Doors to speak at your church or do an event, uh, we would love to get in touch with you and see if we can make that work. So again, persecutedchurch.ca is the place to go for all of this and more. So we're back to this little mini-series about different categories or spheres about persecution. Today we're talking about pressure in the community life. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so if you remember a few weeks ago, Jared and I talked about persecution from family and how heartbreaking that can be when um, there's a Christian and their own family disowns them because of their faith. And we mentioned in that podcast uh, the reasons that can lead to a situation like that. It could be, um, you know, a strong-held family belief system. It could be generations of tradition, um, dishonor that comes from leaving a particular religion. And uh, today we want to draw a line uh, uh, from the sphere of family persecution uh, to the sphere of community persecution because there's a lot of similarities between those two. Yeah, in the sense that there's a lot of similar reasoning behind yeah. why persecution might occur on a family level and on a community level. So like you say, um, mm -hmm. when there's a traditional religion that has been key to the identity of a family or a community for generations, when someone chooses to leave that tradition, it, they can be subject to quite a bit of pressure. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um, you know, community persecution is interesting because I think it brings a lot to light that we don't always grasp here in North America. Like our societies are just different. Um, but a lot of countries on the world watch list are countries where community life is key a lot more than it may be for us in North America. Yeah, like close community is a more yeah. key and central element to the identity of a society than it is for us. Yeah, it's true. Like being being part of a community of people, um, uh, a, a village, whether literal or metaphorical, the village of people surrounding you is the bedrock of social structure in a lot of places, much more mm. so than in Canada. Yeah. And so when that gets lost, that has like drastic impacts on a person. Yeah, it, it absolutely does. And um, let's let's consider Southeast Asia as an example. So a lot of countries uh, in Southeast Asia are on that are on the world watch list. So we're talking about, um, you know, Myanmar, Nepal, Vietnam, Laos, among others. Um, these countries have differing belief systems. So even um, a single one of these nations you'll find different internal beliefs and traditions. Um, but the common ground for all citizens is the existence of community culture. Right. 
Right. So in these examples in Southeast Asia, community is, uh, it's, it's almost the <coughs> conduit for persecution from other forces. So for instance, government authorities will sometimes work on the community level if they want to quash a local you know, group of Christians or, or the growth mm -hmm. of believers. And this is especially true in the more remote rural areas. So where community is the only network that a person has, it becomes the natural way to put pressure on someone. Mm -hmm. And this is where community pressure is almost like, to be clear, community pressure is a separate category from family pressure and national pressure. Yeah, it But is. in a lot of ways, it's like a, a bridge or a conduit because yeah. there's the family and then the community and then the national the level. So it's like the closest group of people around a Christian mm -hmm. and then the community is sort of between that and then the national uh, level of persecution. I don't know if I'm making any sense. No, it's like that's helpful. Sort of between the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and it's, it's not just government authorities that work through uh, the community either no. because if it was, then it community pressure would be just like national pressure in that kind of outer ring that you were describing. Um, and we, we talked about national uh, pressure from the national sphere of life in another podcast episode in case you want to listen to that. Um, but Christians living in community areas, like we just mentioned, are often the targets of um, extremists that work actively to provoke the community against them. Um, if their goal is to spread a particular religious ideology, then naturally religious minorities become the target. And an easy way to target them is to turn other people against them. So the end result might be enough pressure to force that Christian to deconvert. Yeah, and there's steps to that. that get yeah, for sure. So when a person comes to Jesus, uh, the persecution they face will often start with opposition or some you know, mental pressure from their community. Yeah. In some cases, uh, a community member might counsel, quote unquote, uh, persuade the, the Christian to try to uh, recant their beliefs, come back to the traditional beliefs. In the case of Vietnam or Laos, there's instances of uh, a Christian might be made to sign documents signifying their, uh, their decision to step away from Jesus, pledging mm -hmm. their allegiance to keeping peace in the community yeah. uh, by adhering to the expected traditions. Yeah. However, if the person chooses to continue with their faith, um, persecution can take a more dreadful form, unfortunately. This person could be disowned by their family. They could be um, beaten by a mob or expelled from their home. Um, they could be socially boycotted. And in extreme cases, they could even be killed. Um, they're, they're like considered a liability to the community and so therefore they're excluded from community life. Yeah. Uh, another form community pressure might take would be accusations against Christians, especially Christian leaders. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, we're focused on, on rural areas and more extreme views, more uh, these extremists that we've talked about might have more um, power in a remote area where there's a local government. And so opportunities exist for uh, an extremist of whatever background to connect with a local authority um, and kind of put pressure on religious minorities. So accuse pastors or Christian leaders, arrest them, false charges, and in doing so, discredit Christians within the society. Yeah. So that would be sort of the end goal to that. So a Christian might then have to spend time in prison, um, struggle for years to clear their name, yeah. things like that, get bail, mm -hmm. whatever that looks like. Yeah. So if you followed along um, on 
this mini-series, you probably know or you've picked up on the fact that persecution looks different depending on where in the world you are. Um, we focused a lot on Southeast Asia because the rural community structure in these countries is one of the uh, primary examples of how community pressure can look. But it's not the only example. No, course. no. So, you know, just like persecution will look different depending on the country, mm -hmm. community pressure can look different depending on the country, depending on the situation. So uh, let's leave Southeast Asia for a minute. Um, I heard a story about Christians in Mexico mm. who, this is a particular community of believers uh, who declined to participate in local religious festivals. Uh, and so as a result, they were fined a certain amount of money and had their electricity and water cut off. Mm -hmm. And this is the kind of persecution that's like uh, a squeeze. It's just like yeah. just external pressure to try and make Christians uncomfortable with being a Christian, mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And now this particular story uh, does have a happy ending. Open Doors okay. Partners were able to connect with this community in Mexico and uh, provide both spiritual counsel and legal counsel. And so Open Doors Partners were able to facilitate a dialogue between the local authorities of the village and the Christian leaders. And eventually the community decided the Christians could practice their faith however they liked and restored their services, their water and electricity. Yeah. So that kind of thing is great. Yeah, it's amazing. And, you know, part of Open Door's entire philosophy is to be a community to those who don't have a community. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. We um, like we talk about Paul's words often uh, mm -hmm. when one part of the body struggles, the whole body struggles with it. And when one part rejoices, we all rejoice with it. And when our brothers and sisters lose the the social fabric of their community including friendship and family we, we hope that the global church can step in and kind of take their place if possible through prayer through support yeah and and on that note one reality that some of our brothers and sisters face when they choose to follow jesus is that they don't have a christian community to cling to um yeah all of the support and encouragement that you and I might get from our church, for example, it it doesn't exist for everybody around the world. Um, and, you know, this reminds me of a story of uh, this lady named Sarah. She's a Christian from uh, North Africa. And uh, she, when she came to know Jesus, she lost all of her friends as a result. She was expelled from the community. She didn't have anywhere else to go. And Open Doors partners were able to connect with her and provide counseling for her. And she was able to travel to, you know, the nearest house church to her. But everything that she grew up with is lost to her now. I feel like, I feel like we don't talk often about what, it, what someone loses when yeah. they become a Christian in a lot of ways. Like we... Mm -hmm. We rejoice when someone chooses to follow Jesus, and it's easy for me to sit here and say, you know, like, what you've gained is worth so much more than anything lost, and that's true eternally, but, like, you know, someone like Sarah has lost any friends she had, her family support, uh, just the familiarity of life. Yeah. Like, everything, and that's incredible faith to step out and say that that's worth it for Jesus. I don't know. We we don't talk a lot about like just how difficult it is to yeah. lose community. Yeah, like community is hard enough to get. Like, yeah, losing what you've got. Mm -hmm. It's incredibly isolating. Yeah, and I even isolating just yeah, I I just even think of like you know, 
I picture myself now, and then I picture myself, you know, as a young adolescent when I really started to take my faith in Jesus seriously. Like, I was very young in my faith. I didn't know that many things. I had to walk through so many things to really understand even some core concepts like why does God love me and then learn to rely on his love and his forgiveness or whatever it is that I, I learned to rely on. Like it takes it takes time and it takes life to experience that and, and to truly believe it in your in your spirit. Like you you grow so much. And I just think about like, you know, these Christians are new to their faith and then they have to they're immediately in one of like some of the most challenging circumstances um, in terms of like how much it costs to follow Jesus. Yeah, it's very hard, and they don't have someone to be there for them on uh, on a hard day. Yeah, to encourage them. To yeah. Them. So I know I can't imagine. Yeah. So it it just I hope it helps you guys listening, and I hope it helps us <laughs> realize like when huh. when we pray for them and when we stand with them. They, it really makes a difference because they, they may not have people to be there with them, literally. And, um, you know, the lady Sarah I was talking about, she has a quote that kind of talks about what I mentioned. She says this, Pray for more change, for protection, enlightenment in Christ. Also pray that he will change my family and that the gospel will open more hearts around the world. I chose a challenging path that is to follow Jesus. I knew it would be hard, but I didn't lose hope. I tried and tried many times. I was exhausted. I fell many times, but rose again. I don't have the fear I used to have when I was younger. God is here and he's working in me. And those are some beautiful words from Sarah. So um, why don't we close today's episode in prayer for Christians like Sarah um, who have lost their community um, and you know it's a community that they leaned on so much and so let's let's pray for them and let's pray for those who are facing oppression from social circles let's pray God I can't imagine the difficulty that a lot of my brothers and sisters around the world face when it comes to the loss of their community the loss of friends the loss of any kind of uh, social social networks that they might have. Um, Lord, we know that you've created us to be communal people. You love seeing relationships between people and encouragement and support. And we are not meant to be alone. Mm -hmm. And so, Lord, we pray for all of those who have chosen to uh, cling to you over and above anyone else. Lord, we pray that in place of any uh, relationships lost, that you would be there for them, that they would know the presence of your Holy Spirit in a special way. For someone like Sarah, who is traveling to find nearest churches to attend because she has nothing around her, that you would give her strength and courage to continue in her faith. For anyone that we've talked about in Southeast Asia who is dealing with pressure from their community because of an abandonment of traditional religion, Lord, that you would give them strength and help them to be a light for you. Lord, for all of our brothers and sisters who have said that they would uh, continue to follow you despite what people might say, Lord, would you bless them for that? Help us as Canadian Christians and the global church really to be standing together with our brothers and sisters through prayer. 
Lord, that we might be uh, some sort of replacement for the community and the family relationships that are lost when uh, someone chooses to walk their own path towards you. We thank you for the example of our brothers and sisters. Thank you for their faith and their strength and their courage. Help it to be inspiring and convicting to us as well. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the World Watch Weekly Podcast. And I really hope that you feel encouraged after this episode that your prayers and support to our brothers and sisters around the world, it really, really does make a difference. Mm -hmm. So thank you for your support and for your prayers. Um, we'll see you next week with another episode and also finishing off our mini-series. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast. And for more information and more prayer points for persecuted Christians around the world, you can follow us on social media at Open Doors Canada or visit our website, opendoorscanada.org forward slash pray. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week.